episode 22 of Board Games with Variant Hex is all about Kickstarters. I'm Kelly, and in this episode, myself and Aaron talk about all the games that I've backed on Kickstarter over the last two years, and the ones that arrived by the end of 2021. There was way more content for this one than I realized, so we speed through it quite a bit. Without further ado, I'll turn it over to myself and Aaron talking about Kickstarters. This is what I think is a pretty comprehensive list of what I've done as far as uh, crowdfunding. I so these are games that we have played that may or may not have been purchased by us by crowdfunding, but that were crowdfunded. Yes. And first, we're going to start off with kind of just a summary of where we stand, because there are games that would have got delivered this year that either got delayed for normal Kickstarter reasons or got delayed because it's hard to get things on boats to places right now. Um, but first of all, there was one that was canceled. It was Rock, Paper, Scissors Deluxe Edition. It was kind of an in-joke. It was, um, I think it's a content creator, not someone that I actually watch, but I saw videos for this Rock, Paper, Scissors that looked very serious. It was Watch It Played. He had Rodney do a video of Rock, Paper, Scissors, which was fun, but I think it was so meta that it kind of went over people's heads. I don't think it was clear enough that it was meant to help fund a creator. And I think people didn't know if they were actually getting a physical game or not. I thought when you have 200 board games, it was just going to be like a joke for me that one of those boxes said rock, paper, scissors and actually had rock, paper, scissors in it. That's the only canceled project though. Everything else that I've backed or of course received was funded. So just to go over the ones that have not been delivered yet that I did back, Three Sisters, that's a roll and write game. It's shipping soon. It's about farming. Dead Reckoning is by John D. Clare. It's another one in its card crafting system. It's about pirates. It's gigantic. Um, AEG is the publisher on that one. It's taken a long time. Ice has a really interesting board where you're kind of uncovering and going deeper underneath the ice. Oh. So that one, I'm interested to see that one. I think that one also is going to be a little bit. Forest of Pangea. It looks a bit like photosynthesis. Oh. But it has wooden pieces. Wooden trees. And it's very, yeah, I think I think they're like, yeah, nature is great. And we're going to also do that in production instead of just say nature's great and do whatever. That's kind of that's meta. Like they chopped up a tree to make a tree. Yeah. Yeah, they did. And I mean, I'm sure they're, I wouldn't be surprised if they're like growing trees with every purchase. I wouldn't be surprised. Assassin's Creed, Valhalla, Orlog, Dice Game. That's kind of like... Sometimes I'll refer to certain things as just like robbery, like the existence of it just took money out of my wallet because, of course, I was going to buy it. I like Assassin's Creed and I like board games. Like, what are we doing here? I'm not even horribly excited for it. It's just like, well, yes, that is going to go on my shelf next to the Assassin's Creed Collector's Edition. So, sure. Flamecraft was a really well-run project. It looks super cute. It's all these little adorable dragons and they're like helping out in town and some are bakers and they all have little jobs and names. Super cute. Um, That was kind of a newer one. That's going to take a while to get here. The Gardens is probably getting close. I think that also had a roll and write game in it. It's going to come with it. Creature Comforts is by Kids Table Board Games, Mm. which despite the name does not just do kids games. It's another kind of nature themed one. And I imagine that's getting close. Darwin's Journeys, I think is a big old Euro game. That one I'm kind of like, oh, I don't know. They put a lot of stuff in there and then there'll be renders of things. And then it'll be the actual thing that they made. And those don't always match. 
Uh, Momiji is like a medium or lightweight. Like in my head, it seems in the same area as like Cascadia and Calico. Don't know how accurate that actually is. That one also should be here pretty soon. Then we have some reprints or new editions that are still coming up. Castles of Mad King Ludwig is going to, it's huge. I think you might need, everyone might need their own table. I don't want to, we're going to see how that goes when it gets here. Everdell is the end-all, be-all, all of Everdell edition. I'm surprised you backed a Kickstarter for a game you hate so much. I don't hate it so much, but I don't love it. However, you like it. Mm-hmm. And the everything edition, I felt like was, it of itself was nice. So I, I think I'm fine with that. All right. Fjords is a, I think it has a new art. I think it has a new Beth Sobel art for an old game. So that'll be fun. Then we have some game series and expansions. Streets is the next game for Villagers. Villagers also had an expansion. They come in these long, distinctive boxes. They kind of look like card boxes. Like if you were going to store like baseball cards or something, they come in a box that shape. So in some ways, it's like, well, it'd be easier, honestly, if you had more of these boxes than less, because just one of them is going to be weird on my shelf. So Streets Villagers, It's a Wonderful Kingdom is kind of a follow-up to It's a Wonderful World. Um, long Shot the Dice Game is like a horse racing thing but a dice game. And then Tussie Mussie Expansion. I It's a one-player expansion. I do not like Tussie Mussie. I got it with another Kickstarter that we'll talk about. It's just close enough to deception that I'm not interested. And then in non-gaming stuff, there was a 2022 calendar that's like this kind of RPG quest-a-day calendar, which I actually got for Adam. It is 2022 that calendar is not here. Mm. And that's fine because I think the quest-a-day thing, like you would just do seven quests in a day anyway. You don't really need it at the start of the year. I got into Kickstarter maybe at the end of 20, around 2020 and had never done it before. Got into Kickstarter. It's kind of, you know, we all get into things during the pandemic. And I, from this list of just the intro really to this podcast of things that we don't even have yet, really went in hard on it. Um, And we've also seen some Kickstarter games at our local game store as well, which Mm -hmm. is it's you often see retailer pledges if you're on Kickstarter. And it's nice to know that our local game store does do some of those retailer pledges. We go to the game store about every about once a week. I feel like we've at that frequency, we've usually been able to get a copy of things like that as they've come in. Sometimes those retailer pledges don't come with all the bells and whistles uh, if you actually backed it yourself. But At the end of the day, the game is the game. Like, you can always get better pieces for it. That's definitely, even if you don't really want to get into Kickstarter, you can often just go to your local store and still get some of these games that don't get the standard retail, like, released by a publisher. Yeah. Um, And so then we also uh, backed the Dice Tower. This year's Kickstarter goes up on the 11th. Haven't received the stuff from last year's Kickstarter it's difficult to send things to places, which is why it's so exciting that we got so many Kickstarters that did come in before the end of the year. A lot of them were slated for summer or fall. They have now more steadily been coming in. So that's kind of the roundup of what's not here yet, other things that were backed. Now we're going to get into the things we actually played and to kind of burn through that list quickly so that we can spend the rest of our time discussing. I'm going to try to do these almost as quickly as I just did, though. So this is just a big game download. You made to make a noise when you go over 30 seconds? You can do that, even though I'm a little scared about what the noises are going to be. So um, I'm going to start. These are sort of in alphabetical order. 
and we've maybe, maybe got a Kickstarter or two at the end of last year, but I'm going to briefly hit on some other ones that weren't actually this year. Sweet. So starting with Queen Games and Alhambra Big Box 2nd Edition, the summary is it's too big of a box. Like, I think it's too much Alhambra. We played the basic game and kind of sort of one expansion. There's somewhere in the neighborhood of like 20-some expansions, and then there's a designer's box that all these different designers also made expansions. It's a lot. It has a nice tower for the tiles. It's a lot. It also came with Escape, Roll and Write. That's also a Queen Games with a Roll and Write version. Alhambra Roll and Write. And then New York, which is the card game version of Alhambra. We happen to play that one first. And it kind of feels like maybe this is enough Alhambra. So it didn't, it didn't really help us get into the big box that we were like, oh, this mechanism is good enough. And then tried to do even more of that. Um, the Roll and Write games were fine they weren't exciting but they existed and they're not bad it was a very big box so i let you go over time yeah well i did four games just now oh i thought they were since they were all in the alhambra big box they should have gotten their own they weren't in the box those were separate they didn't come in the big box i've done a terrible job on the clock you're cruising i know so cartographer's heroes is another basically big box edition however it is a much smaller box so it comes with the original cartographers it came with Cartographer Heroes, and then it came with the three map packs, which have names that are just strange enough that I'm not going to try to list them now. It had um, lovely, I believe they're colored pencils in there that I definitely am not going to use because that's the kind of person I am. I wanted to like stay just so. I did play through all of those. It's all great. I don't know that Heroes is really that much better than, yeah, you said you're going to make the noise. This was two games as well. I don't know that Heroes is really that much better than regular cartographers personally, but it's pretty good. Cascadia, one of Aaron's favorite games. Very much enjoyed it. I think it's fine. It's kind of in the series with Calico and then Verdant, which is maybe on Kickstarter now, or it's just on, I think it was just on Kickstarter. And they're all just light, kind, lovely, kind of light, beautiful art sort of games experiences. We also got Calico with that, even though it had been out before. That's a very puzzly game that looks like it's about cats, and it's actually about making you question all of your decisions. Death Valley is by uh, Bunshy Games. This is also how I got Tussie Mussy at the same in the same Kickstarter, um, and I got Sprawlopolis as well. Death Valley was just so small and so good, and it's actually I lost it. I don't know where it is right now. And I don't know where Sprawlopolis is. Mm. I imagine they're together. There's, that's the thing about a super small game. It could be it could be literally anywhere. But Death Valley was great. Like the one player and the two player on that one. Fantastic Factories. Technically, it was Manufactions, the expansion that was on Kickstarter. It also came with Subterfuge, the base game, a playmat. It's just all kinds of factory fun. I like it so much. I like the solo one. The playmat has, I think, a solo side and then a multiplayer side. The manufacturing, the subterfuge, they're not like, it's not, I think base Fantastic Factories is also fine, but those additions are good as well. I really like that one. I just, it's solid and it's just the right amount of, see, you made a face. So I paused because I was waiting for the, Beep. yeah, you were a little early on that. No, beat. I was, I, the face was on the time. Well, then why did you just make the noise? Well, I just, you know, you I said paused. I should make the noise and then I felt bad making the noise. I thought you were going to make like a different noise every time. Oh, I'll, I'll continue with different noises. Okay, it's going to get weird. So Fleurforest is by Pencil First Games. And also, that was kind of more than one game, Fantastic Factories. It was, the, it was the game and then two expansions came with it as well. Oh, right. So yeah, this is going to be three games. So maybe I should just start saying that. 
Pencil First has three games. Floor First is technically the one that I actually backed, but then it also came with Herbaceous and Sunset Over Water. Herbaceous and Sunset Over Water, I think, are both Beth Sobel, along with some other people, art. Uh, Floor First wasn't, but they all still kind of fit that cozy feel. They all come in the exact same size box, which is very satisfying, and they work nicely as a set of games to play together because they have the same mood to them. So Floor First, you're taking a walk in a garden. Herbaceous, you are collecting herbs, kind of. And then Sunset Over Water, it's just like lovely pictures of sunsets over water. The way that they use icons on those cards matches the art on the cards. And it's just, it's fantastic. They're all nice. I don't know that any of them is going to be like change your life kind of games, but they're all a very pleasant way to spend some time. The last bottle of rum looks like it could be a Disney Pixar movie. The art in it is just so fun, so bright, absolutely incredible. Love it. You're flipping tiles. Your little, your animal pirates, you have individual player powers, and it's just so vivid that I I really enjoy that one. I really wanted to make a pirate noise when you went over there. You've stolen it. Oh, because if I don't go over, you don't get to make the noise. Okay, Mint Bid is by... like Rubbish. I think, I think it's like Poketo Games. They have, um, I think I have the series up here. They have Mint Works, Mint Delivery, Mint Cooperative, Mint Bid, Mint Control. I got all of those. They now have since had another Kickstarter which I think is actually the last Mint game because they sold a tin that's going to like have all the Mint games in the tin. I want them to be better. Mint works was fine. Mint Cooperative, I thought was sort of okay. Mint Bid, Mint Delivery, Mint Control. I just, it's just like, yes, you made a really small version of this. It's not good. Maybe. They're bad. I mean, they're bad. Yeah. I, I just didn't enjoy them. I didn't enjoy them enough to keep them. And then I saw another Kickstarter. I think if I had gotten the last Kickstarter, I would have been more likely to keep them because they would have all came. I didn't like that they didn't all come in something. Let's move on. Pachacuna, we just played. The little bag is lovely. The llama that they uh, have with it was smaller than I thought it was going to be. The assembly of the game was more than what I thought it was going to be. You have to like create double layer tiles when you unwrap it. But those things aside, it's just a two player game. It's not my favorite kind of two player game. I'm still, we've only played it once. I'm not sure how good it is, but the production was nice. The book has a lot of information about the setting, way more than the rules. Paper Hatch Dungeon, I was surprised this was on Board Game Geek. It's like a tiny little memo pad that's spiral bound at the top. Maybe, I don't even know if it's three by five. Maybe, maybe it's three by five. It has these randomly generated paper dungeons in it. You play with just a dice and a pencil and you're just trying to get through the dungeon one after the other and you just keep flipping the page. Some pages you flip to and it's like a store. It's a great time. I don't know if you can get it anymore. I bought like five of them. They were super cheap. Gave them to friends. Okay, Railroad Inc. Before you even start looking at the clock for Railroad Inc. I think the production could have been slightly better for this. However, it was so much content and it is beautiful. The box is lovely. All of the Railroad editions fit in it, as well as a box that has all the expansions they made seven expansions, and then there's also like these mega boards. It's, it's just, it's it's so much stuff. It's so much stuff in the Railroad Inc. Challenge Collector's Edition. But chiefly, this is how the green and yellow editions were actually released. Green is, if I remember correctly, green's great, yellow's fine. Yeah, there's so much in this box. Now, like board game boxes, there's also kind of like some wasted space in this box that's why i say the production could have been a little better they give you bags with it that or you could order bags that i don't even understand 
what they are actually supposed to be used for. They had dice trays that were in no way were of a useful size that they actually ended up giving a refund for. Um, the yellow and green come with these challenge cards that you can, I think, you can kind of mix and match just about everything in all of these. When you go to their website, they have a uh, document that tells you how to like mix and match everything. And there are, I think it's over a hundred combinations. I want to think that the the document is like 70 pages long. Ooh. It's It's crazy. It's like in the same way that Alhambra's crazy, but this does feel more cohesive than that. It's still like... If you are someone who likes light games, roll and write games, you could buy this box and play Railroad Inc. forever. And, you know, there's there's so much variety in it. So that. Um, Shut Up and Sit Down has a real fun review where Tom was, I think, kind of sick and reviewed every single expansion and it descends into madness. I completely identify with it because I also tried to play all of them. That's just the madness that's going to happen if you try to get through this whole box. Shelfie Stacker is designed by Shim Phillips. He's the guy that makes the blank of the blank blank trilogy so the uh, north sea trilogy and then the west kingdom trilogy and then i think they're the next one is maybe south seas i'm bad at this game i can't remember but they just announced that like at the end of last year he has um garp hill games but this just kind of didn't fit with that and it was a game that he'd been developing for a while and i think it originally had a different theme oh that's the noise yeah that's the noise well, I'm going to take overtime here to say that it has an amazing production value. It's a bit inside board games because you're talking about, it's a game where you're talking about stacking yourself. It is super cute. I have not seen it in retail. Amazing production. It's super fun. Skate the card game. I backed it because I was just backing a lot of things and this was cheap and I'm not even really into skating like that. It has a very 90s sort of art style that's nice. It's maybe better with more people. We played it two-player. It's a fine enough game to throw in your bag and play, but it's like there is not another level to it. You're just flipping cards. I mean, it's not... I, I think you probably like it less than Get Bit, which you hate. I like it more than Get Bit. Ah. Uh. Yeah, I think we're playing Get Bit tomorrow, too. Um, the Specialist, the cover of it looks like... We talked about it before. I think it was on that cover, Game Box Games episode. It looks like a Ocean's Eleven, and it's about a heist, so, you know. It's nice. It's a nice production, it has a red dice that kind of make you think of like a casino. It has some nice chunky pieces that came with a Kickstarter. I recommend it. Again, I don't know if that one's getting a retail release. Tinner's Trail is a re-release of a Martin Wallace game. I don't know if they changed some rules or not. We played it two-player, didn't love it. I don't know that I like Martin Wallace, but that's a different discussion for another day. The production of it, though, is nice. If you already know of Tinner's Trail, I think... Oh, gosh, maybe you'll be able to get this. It was made by Alley Cat Games. You might be able to actually get a copy of this. Winter Queen, I don't know if this is going to get picked up by a publisher. It seems like it'd be a good kind of lightweight game to sell to a family. It's fine. There's actually nothing wrong with it. I think it's just when you have things like Calico, Cascadia, I think you just feel like you'd rather play that than Winter Queen. Um, if this was licensed by like Disney and it was Elsa's magic gym time like i just think i don't know it, it was fine but it just wasn't great. that one kind of scared me in too deep this one i didn't actually i think we're getting to things that i didn't actually kickstart but i obtained somehow so this one was a late pledge a lot of times if you see a kickstarter and it's over and you're like oh no i missed it you didn't miss it they'll still let you buy it most of the time google it you can do a late pledge you can still usually get 
all the fanciness of the edition as well. So you don't really have to feel that time pressure of actually getting something on Kickstarter. That's just an FYI. Into Deep was one of those. Um, I think it was actually tried to fund twice. We played it. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> Dinosaur Island Roar and Write, I really like. I think it was kind of an add-on to the Dinosaur World Kickstarter. Like, I think they were in there together. I did not back Dinosaur World. I got Dinosaur Island Roar and Write at Gen Con. I have loved it. Way more than I expected to. Chunky Roll and Writes, I think, are my new, like, favorite things. Polynesia is one that we got from our game store. We, I think this is the one where we saw it. No, that was a different one that we saw cheaper later on. This was actually at Hitherto, not our regular game preserve. It's boats. It's a board. It's a board with boats. Really lovely cover. Like, I really like the way the cover looks. Tungaru. This is the one we did get at our local store. This one did get cheaper because I guess there were different kind of pieces in the Kickstarter edition and that not in the regular game. It was Andrew Bosley. He does the same art. He's the same guy that does the art for Everdell, which was, I kind of will buy games for art a little more than I should. This is Alley Cat Games again. They're the ones that did Tenor's Trail. I like it. Aaron likes it as well a lot. It's a good game, but I don't, I think it's a little disappointing that you don't see it a little more. I think the art, Mm, bop. All right. Could have been a little, I don't want to say better, but like there was kind of repeats more than I expected. Flourish was one that we got at Kickstar at um, Gen Con. I think that this was a Kickstarter game. I'm not super sure. It's a lot of things going on for what's ultimately, in my opinion, an okay card game. I didn't like it. Like it's fine. And I think it might be better. I don't know. I don't know. We've only like, we've only really played I'm books. still some of your time. I will say the dude presenting it at Gen Con was, was the best game presenter but it wasn't a good game yeah for me um and then finally sleeping gods i'm pretty sure this was a kickstarter we did not kickstart it we got it at gen con it didn't resonate with us i think that we maybe just happened to play it exactly in the way that would be the least satisfying everyone else seems to think it's a lovely open world adventure we felt like it was a very boring keyword collection exercise so i think that might be on us not on Ryan Lockett or Red Raven Games. Okay, that's the end of that you, list. You did a great job. I didn't get to make nearly as many sounds as I wanted. Yeah, well yeah. done. Can you can you put a applause in here for yourself in post? I don't do that. All no, right. I'm not. I'm not actually very good at editing. You could do that. I could. I guess I could do a lot of things. So that. Oh, thank you. That out of the way, we will now. We can now just freeform talk of that list, Aaron. I've been doing so much talking. Yeah. So You're I giving think, me a look that says, like, me? Talk? Well, I got to pick out. I mean, you just read yeah. a, a long time. I did. I, I think the two things that stuck out, and this is just how I roll, things that we've played recently, are the Llama game, which I think is La Pachuca, uh, which I you did not like. Pachacuna. La, thank you. La Pachacuna. Yeah. Um, I liked it a lot. Yeah. I liked it a lot. There was a real fun mechanic. It's two-player only. You're twisting around these rays. Like one yeah, person so, can go one way, another person can go a different way. You're well, fighting over paths. That two-layer assembly that I was talking about, each of the hexagon tiles has either like 33% or 50%. Wait, what are the it's percentages? A th- it's a third, two-thirds, or, uh, or half. Yeah, is, or half. That, that doesn't feel right. Yeah. All right. It's a third, two-thirds, or uh, half. That is it's being... broken up into sixths. There's two triangles. Four triangles, or six triangles. I believe you. The grass is on like the lower level of the tile and then it's mountains that you affix to make the higher level of the tile. You each have a llama to start with. 
each llama can only go on one terrain type. So all of Aaron's llamas were walking on the mountains and all of my llamas were walking on the plains. We were trying to basically just move resources around, collect resources, pick up and deliver deliver, um, to these different villages that were on the edge. On your turn, you get to rotate one of those hexagon tiles and you have like a big hexagon of hexagon tiles um, that make up the board. One thing that was strange about it, not strange, I mean, how the game was balanced. You have to put all of those tiles out in a very specific way to make the starting condition of the board balanced. And there are some inherent qualities to that that Aaron recognized a little more than I did when we first played, which is you can kind of find yourself hemmed in with mountains and you're on the plains and then you realize to really get where you need to go, like you're in a, it's almost like you've wandered into a two mountainous region to move anywhere. There's pieces that only have a third mountain Um, or a third plains. And in the... A side, those there's like three groupings of that where there's like three of those together right. for one side and then for the other side. So really, if you're the mountain walker, you need to avoid that those groupings you're, where there's three you, You're going to have more you can friction. Walk, you can't you cuz you can't make a path. You need to focus on the places where there's more the tiles where there's more mountains, but you can't you're going to need them. You can't avoid them completely, but you want to stay on the periphery of that place where they're grouped together. Right, cuz the more that you can keep an interconnected pathway between from one side of the board to the other, the faster you're able to move because your opponent can choose to move a tile that blocks you instead of maybe one that that benefits them which we don't typically do a lot of take that when we play games like that right but, but it the could way be pretty engaging and the way that board state was it kind of can what i found accidentally was that it can kind of happen to you where you like oh i'm kind of hemmed in now the other thing about that game about the movement mechanism is that you can go as far as you can on a turn so it's not like you're limited to only be able to move three hexes you can move all the way across the board. If, if you go, a path. if you go to, if you pass through the central village, you have to stop. That's the only rule. But you can make a path around it. You can make a path around it. So it was definitely interesting. It was just kind of a lot of setup, and I don't know if it it really. I just don't know if the payoff kind of the game arc was right for me. I kind of got four of the resources. Then you have to get seven. I got four, and then hit a pretty serious wall, and just didn't have the momentum to finish. And I don't think there's really anything. There's certainly no rubber banding to kind of keep keep everything on the rail. So you're either doing it or no, you're because not. I, I basically had like a, a pick, I had a pickup and you had deliver. A, you had a network. Running. Yeah, yeah. He had network. a he had a good network running. So I yeah. had built in like some backup path. So even if you right, had like even a, you turn one, he still defense. had yeah, he still had places to but go. I think if you like pick up and deliver games, and this is I you should definitely pick this game up. I think it might be hard to pick up because I I'm wondering if oh, it's that's gonna... the theme of this thing. Not all of them because some of them I mean Calico and Cascade, they're I think AEG's doing those. Like you're gonna be able right. to find those. Well, if you can find a copy of this, it's a, an interesting mechanic and definitely worth a play, even if you don't end up liking it. Yeah, yeah, and we definitely wouldn't we wouldn't say the Mint series. We did not like oh, that. God. The Paper Apps Dungeon. I don't know if you can get more of those or not because it's like it's just a procedurally they're generated. The whole notebook is generated. It was a Kickstarter does this thing where it's like make a thousand maybe is what they call it. So they just encourage new creators to make a thousand of something and then put it on Kickstarter. And he ended up having to make a lot more of these paper dungeons. I think it went really well, like way better than he expected. So hopefully maybe he'll do another one of some other type. But that was kind of a... I was surprised seeing on board game geek, but that one that one is pretty fun. Um, I think Into Deep stuck out for me. It was really fun. 
and we had, you know, no spoilers. Kelly and I played, and it seemed a whole lot like I was winning, and then yeah. I was very surprised to have been in too deep and yeah. lost the game. So, and, yeah, I while we were playing it. I was sort of like, I don't know if I'm doing this right. I feel like I'm not getting anything done on my turn. I don't feel like I'm really making progress. The idea is that you, there's kind of these criminals about and you're trying to, they say like mind meld, but really you're just moving the criminals. Right? Yeah, I mean, but in the yeah. theme of it, like you're mind controlling them and influencing their actions and trying to uh, make your way around this kind of futuristic, sort of a cyberpunky uh, city to do these crimes so that you can get intel and whatever. But that's the story. I didn't feel like the story helped me play the game a whole lot. I still felt like I'm trying to keep up with, wait, what's that again? What's this piece? Why are there so many pieces in this game? What's going on? Well, I think you kind of were unlucky in that the you had low card synergy, and there is probably a luck element to that. I think we need to play it more times to figure out like if that would happen a lot. I found myself easily able to kind of satisfy missions and had a was going at a pretty good clip. But a lot of that wasn't like me being that creative or like catching up some cool mechanic, like understanding something cool about the game. I just got cards that were, you know, one or two moves away. Yeah, because as you're playing on your turn, you kind of have like a major action and a minor action card that you could do. Like your minor one, you can just do any time. Your major one is actually like one of the actions you can do on your turn. To complete them, you have to have certain people in certain places with certain things. And it's kind of a, it's a round board that you make like these pie wedges that you make this round board. So if you pick up a card and it's just like, oh yeah, the things you need are in one place. The people you need are in another place and they need to be in yet a third place that they are not. It's just like, well, this is going to take me a lot of turns to actually move these people around. Because you can't just throw yeah. everybody everywhere the movement is not too slow but it's not it's not that speedy so you are allowed to just discard that card and pick up a new one but at some point you keep discarding and picking up cards you got to commit to something so you can get something done yeah i think there's definitely like i had a cool i had a cool thing where like i was able to there's some interplay where like there was a time when i was able to fulfill both of my actions on one turn but I had to do one and then the other and like doing one set up set, the other. Yeah. And that can get kind of fun. Of course, great. when you do that, you get in too deep and then you lose. Yeah. So all the time that you're doing this, you're kind of collecting these other corruption cards. And I just kept saying, I'm going to take all these cards. I don't think I'm winning. We're just going to see what happens. However, the cards all have a different number on them. They give you kind of like other these random other bonuses or whatever, you know, like board games. But they have a number in the top corner. Well, unbeknownst to Aaron... I Kelly's all had zeros on them. I was collecting a lot of cards that had zeros or ones. I had six cards that were zero or one, and I didn't really have that many high number cards. He had pretty much the same number of cards, but they exactly had like the sixes number. on them. So we're counting up our this corruption at the end to try to figure out, you know, okay, somebody like, in too I'm deep. Like, and I'm kind of like... 42, what's she going to say? What's she going to say? And then she's like... I think it was like 18. And I was like... Ugh. How? So it, it was yeah, really, he, it was a really counting, nice. He was like, oh, I'm in too deep. And I was like, wow. It's a nice payoff for the game that title. Was, and I think that's the thing. That payoff was more exciting for me than the rest of the game. Uh, BGG says it's 60 to 90 minutes. If this game was 45 minutes, like 30 to 45 minutes, and then you get to that payoff and you say, oh, let's play again, that would have been better for me. To me, it feels like it should have been shorter and faster, or it should have been some kind of campaign legacy game. I think it would be better with more players as well. We played it two player and I think yeah. it may be not as good. Yeah, it might not be the the little community says the best is three players. Yeah. And I think that's often I think that's often the case. It's not 
It's not too crowded. It's not too sparse. Do you want to talk about the uh, last bottle of rum? Yeah. What do you want to say about the last bottle okay. of rum? Well, I think you talked about in your in your your run how pretty of the game is. Oh yeah. And I think this is another game that I think really suffered for us because we played it two players because the the gameplay was very for me if the gameplay felt very flat compared to how pretty the game is. But I think it just needed more interaction. Yeah, and you can, because you're just randomly flipping over the tile, you kind of flip over the tile and then see if there's, you're looking for treasure, and then you're trying to take that treasure back to, the like, the pirate holding. And you're trying to be the first one to get a certain amount of treasure. So it's kind of this exploration and a bit of a race at the same time. And you can attack other people's ship, but if you just go in opposite directions as two players, like... There's more than enough tiles to discover. There's not really a reason to attack. But there's another variant for this where there's like a ghost ship that's roaming around. Yeah. That might be a little better. And I don't think that we've actually tried that. Yeah. But very, I mean, very, very pretty game. And yeah. if you've got a gaming group, I imagine it's loads of fun with four players. Yeah. And I, I'm, uh, as I said, the other de- Dead Reckoning that I mentioned at the top that hasn't been delivered yet, another pirate game. I just like pirate things. So I think I was always going to have a soft spot for this game. But yeah, the artist is, ooh, who knows if I'll be pronouncing this right. I think it looks French. Baptiste Michard? I would say Michard. Michard. And if you um, look him up, you see his other work. It's And it's not just board game stuff. Like I think he did something for Sprite. Like it, It's really good. I really like him as an artist. I don't know that he's doing any other board games. I think he just happened to be... The designer's friend. Yeah, it looks nice. Yeah, it looks great. We already talked about. I feel like that was a pretty. Oh, good I feel like we've got. missed a, a Kickstarter a game that we played this year that's not on the list. Ooh, then you better say it's it now. It's incredibly surprising. I'm gonna need you to tell me the title of it. But we played it at Gen Con. We don't own it. We did play testing for it. Oh, that's coming up. So I mean, yes, it's not in no way is that a 2021 Kickstarter roundup, but that is Monster Pit, which is in the Catacombs and Castles kind of line of things. Um, you can play it on, there's an official version on Tabletop Simulator that you can play right now. So, and that's what's nice about Kickstarter games between Tabletopia and um, Tabletop Simulator. You can play a lot of these games that way. So even if you can't get the physical game either right now or, I don't know, possibly ever, or at least not having to buy a copy off of somebody else, you know, having to buy a used copy or a copy off of someone else's pledge, you can still play these games and try out a lot of them. And I think that's part of why I got more into it during the pandemic, because I was already doing all those digital plays anyway. Um, Oh, you know what? I do know one that's not on here that should be coming that I late pledged, I think. And that's, or maybe that was the one game found I did, which is Project L. They had an original Project L game, which you can started to be able to get in, um, stores and then they did an expansion it's very it's like we say a lot of things are tetris like almost very tetris like can't wait for it and you can play that one on tabletopia i think right now oh i was hoping you went over i was going to get another noise in like i didn't see you looking at the clock nice i think if there was one more game on this list that i would want to just call back to and i would say it might if we were giving out awards for games that i wish we played more let's give out awards for games you wish we played more fantastic factories really the, here's the thing it's a simple game it's not like a suit it's not so heavy but it's not like you know it's enough to think about it's enough to think about the play mat is beautiful yeah it's it, really it nice came with a very nice play mat mm-hmm. you know i like the little the, the card drafting bits the story's fine enough i feel like it's a game that i would be willing to play more and i just I never i never think to say it right right yeah how about you you want to give that award give an award to the game that has to be on this list i presume i think so um, I already mentioned that playing more Railroad Inc. would might make you go mad. So I think it's disqualified. I played a lot. Now, I played a lot of Death Valley, and I played, I, I would say for solo stuff, 
I played a lot of Death Valley just by myself until I lost it. And I um, played all of, I played Florifurous, uh, Herbaceous, and Sunset Over Water, like back to back. And then Florifurous, I played like three or four more times. It was just catchy. So I'm kind of interrupting this with solo games that I did play a lot. I played a lot of Railroad, Inc. The paper apps dungeon is really just a one person thing because it's just a little notepad. So the one that I think I'd want to play more, I think what I'm getting at is the ones that I wanted to play more. I did. I feel like you, if we had to pick a winner for you, it would be the Roaring Ride. I'm already, uh, considering how late in the year I got it and how like big of a, a Roaring Ride it is, honestly, when it gets into Roaring Rides, the reason I wouldn't say that is because I'd actually want to play Hadrian's Wall a couple more times. Oh. And Hadrian's Wall, I've only played by myself. I don't think that anyone else has actually, I've actually played that with anyone else yet. So it would actually go to the non-Kickstarter, but Shim Phillips, one of, well, it's his company. He didn't design the game. I think Bobby Hill designed the game. Um, it's just spreadsheets and just thinking, and it's a good time, I think. So yeah, I'm, I'm double checking this list if there's one that I think, because Fantastic Factories, I also played a fair amount, the solo by myself. I don't think I have one on here. And Mint, Mint I already sold. Oh, because it was, I mean, if we're giving out awards for games we wished had gotten canceled so we got our money back. <laughs> well, I don't know about, I mean, yeah, it was fine. And I did play them. I did experience it. But yeah, I think, you know, if I'm going to say one to play more, I think the specialist, just because I we've only played it once. And I already kind of don't remember everything about how it worked. And I do enjoy just the components and the kind of the theme of it, I think is fun. Um, so that's probably the one that I'd say, ah, I should play that a little more. Um, I like both Polynesia and Tungaro. They're kind of similar to me because they're similar in theme and we got them around the same time. Yeah. Um, but we did play Tungaru a couple times. Now, I think we should end with, mm -hmm. and I'm not going to play because I don't I don't manage the Kickstarters. Okay. So this is just a question for Kelly. Okay. Which one, and you can only pick one, wins the Wood Pledge Again Award? I can only pick one for the Wood Pledge Again Award. Now, unfortunately, as good as things like Cascadia, Calico, Herbaceous, et cetera, are, they're just regular in retail. So they would not get the pledge again, and they don't even come with anything special in the Kickstarter. I think there's something very nice about that, but that's also why I wouldn't pledge them again. I would not pledge Alhambra again. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> it's a, It was big. And, you know, sometimes you just want to do the big box to see what that life is like. And I don't, I don't know if I'm into the big box life. Death Valley, I think you could probably just get it otherwise. It didn't come with anything special. So I think the ones for me that really say would pledge again... It came with something special and you might not be able to get it otherwise. It might be things that I haven't received yet. Oh. So Railroad Inc., you can now, it took a long time, but you can now get the collector's edition. You can just buy it. Right. Otherwise, it would probably be, it would probably be Railroad Inc. If I have to just give one and the wood pledge again, if we take out the fact that now you can just get it in retail, because then it's kind of like, I think it's everything. I don't think there's anything missing from it. I don't think so. From the ones that haven't gotten here yet, and it's again, the big box life, it's somewhere between Dead Reckoning and Castles of Mad King Love. I think both of them are going to come in obscenely large boxes. Yes. We repledge for Castles of Mad King Ludwig. We'll have to buy an apartment building to play it. Just, uh I think you've missed an opportunity at this closing game. I think okay. you should have gotten that little cute llama, a uh, uh, sister llama. I think you could have got a white and a black llama. <gasps> I didn't know. 
I didn't like, you know, I didn't know. I'm already on a Kickstarter buying stuffed llamas. And you I know was, I don't actually care about the llamas. Right? I know you don't. But um, it was smaller. And they probably told me exactly how big it was. Like they It probably was a tiny said, llama. They probably said like, yeah, this llama is so tiny it's going to like fit in the box. And I just dreamed of a much bigger stuffed llama. So Like a llama that would be capable to take around the Assassin's Creed statue that you have? Like a, you know, like... What is happening Well, right I'm now? just imagining that the dude would ride on the llama and it would be that size. That would be huge. Do you know how big those statues are? Well, yeah. I was not imagining a llama that size. All right. So no. you're imagining, a, okay, a moderately sized llama. Yeah. I think overall for Kickstarters, I don't intend to back this 2021. I don't intend to have this in 2022. I don't intend to be talking about this many Kickstarters. So this is going to be a 10-minute episode next year, folks. I don't 10 know. minutes. Well, a lot of them are going to be the ones from 2021. And honestly, the ones I pledged in 2020 that we're still waiting on. So it's going to be a it's weird... Be a 30-minute episode, folks. Yeah, I think it's still going to be... I think it's still going to be a long one. But I don't... I think that Kickstarter... It's fun. But I think when you... There's enough games already coming out. I think there was kind of an influx during the pandemic. So I think going forward this year and going into next year, because I really didn't pledge as much in the second half of 2021 as I did the year leading up to that. Thank you so much for listening to episode 22. Be sure to subscribe to know when new episodes drop. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Twitch at Variant Hex. We have a website and a blog at VariantHex.com, and you can email us at podcast at VariantHex.com. Do you back board games on Kickstarter? Do you like collector's editions of games? Or are all the add-ons a bit much? Let us know on any of the platforms I've just mentioned. The next episode will be Adam and myself discussing our top five favorite games to play on Board Game Arena, unless you're listening to these in reverse, in which case you'll hear Adam and Aaron talking about deception games. And that's all for now. Thank you so much for spending your time with us today.